Hello and welcome to All Things Urticaria from Medthority. In this series of podcasts, our host, Professor Marcus Maurer, is joined by his friends and colleagues to discuss all things urticaria. Over to Professor Maurer. Hello and welcome back to All Things Urticaria, your UCARE podcast with me, the host, Marcus, joining you from Berlin, the UCARE here in Berlin. And today I'm very, very happy to have my colleague, friend, Kiran Godze, our UCARE lead in India with us to talk about Urticaria in India. Hi, Kiran. Hello. Hi, Marcus. Kiran, where are you and uh, what is special about your UCARE? Let's start with that. Yeah, yeah. Sir. I am Kiran Gorse, professor of dermatology from DY Patil University, Navi Mumbai. And I was the first UCARE center in India the last more than four years. Uh, well, we have uh, done a lot of activities from UCARE to raise awareness of urticaria amongst Indian population, Indian dermatologists, and Indian family physicians. The last out of it was the handbook of urticaria written by all UCARE authors and which has sold more than 10,000 copies to family physicians. Wow. So that way we are spreading the knowledge and telling the people how best to treat urticaria and how to go about it and the rational treatments of urticaria. Super, Kiran. I'm always impressed uh, with what a motor you are in our network and the many activities that you start and coordinate. And of course, uh, physician education is very important. I just calculated in my head, India is a huge country. You have more than a million urticaria, chronic urticaria patients in India, yet there's only a few UCARES as of now. So most of these patients are seen by family doctors, maybe some dermatologists. What, what is the situation like? Um, do we have enough urticaria treaters in India? Well, unfortunately, no. Although we have a good number of dermatologists, seven to 8,000, but urticaria treating dermatologists are few. We are educating them. We have got only two UCARE centers, and many dermatologists are now learning how to treat urticaria using the non-setting antihistaminics and how to updose and how to treat it. But still, that urticaria perspective is still missing with few dermatologists. But slowly, most of the dermatologists are learning they are treating with the thing. And India is the only country where we have already got double dose of cetrizine, levocetrizine, desloratrine, bilastine, ebastine is available with us. So our doctors have got huge choice to choose from. A simple double strain tablet of uh, any of these works well in most of the patients. So well, people are learning, dermatologists are learning, but still that age-old concept of urticaria is allergy, urticaria means stop eating fish, stop eating eggs and still that kind of uh, nature is always there and patient has to choose from the wide variety of options uh, well few will go to family physicians few will go to dermatologists but again majority will try homeopathy allopathy naturopathy or their chemist friend will uh, give them the medicines and that's how they spend a lot of money first before they come to a right doctor to a dermatologist or to uk center to give the right treatment so the options are many to a patient and then patient keeps on moving around, trying to choose what is best for them, trying to stop the food and see what it is. Mm. And as you all know that food and chronic urticaria, there is a minimal correlation. So that's the problem with Indian population. They choose so many things and ultimately then obviously they, then they come to a dermatologist and then they get the treatment. 
Yes, well, <laughs> this is not unique to India, I'm afraid to say. Uh, we also see this in my country and in many other countries. And maybe it's not fair to think of India as uh, one country. Uh, every time I am in India, and I'd love to be in India, uh, I see how diverse the country is, from huge cities uh, to more rural uh, areas, from uh, um, yeah, north to south. Uh, it, it, it's just mind-boggling and how many languages are spoken in india it's in the hundreds i think so yeah, yeah. more than officially there are more than 40 languages okay and more than uh, 40 states which we have and uh, the kashmir to kanyakumari obviously more than almost 7000 kilometers is the distance between the two and uh, there is a wide change in cultures habit what they eat somebody from Kolkata will eat fish and uh, rice, somebody from south will eat only rice, somebody from north will eat. So the food culture habits are different, the food tastes are different and it does make difference uh, to their food, uh, habits. And uh, well, it's a truly vast country and uh, uh, well, the the treating physician is uh, the one who knows the concept and he tried to treat it the best possible way. But well, there are, uh, there are variations in cultures and habits. What, what can the world and uh, specifically the Uticaria world, learn from this experience, from the diversity in, in, in India. Um, the approach to Urticaria is somewhat unique, but you know, it shared with many other countries. Are there um, cases, case studies maybe, that uh, within your country show you a path forward that could be helpful for others as well? Well, the cases articulate remains same, but typically uh, we need to find out the economical treatment options for the patients. So that's how came the auto serum therapy. In fact, we took inspiration from Berlin and we started and it is being used as one of the economical options to treat urticaria apart from antihistamines. So the money plays a part in the sense everybody can't use even cyclosporine and omarzumab. So other options are available. And uh, culture habits, food habits are different. So we just cannot tell the patient that what to eat and what not to eat. We just tell them what are you being eating since birth and since childhood continue to eat it. But only tell them to avoid the color food, outside food, uh, which is uh, very often in India, the street food, which adds, they add so many colors to it and so many uh, spices, you know. Mm. And the colors and spices are, I do think, are the one of the, uh, worsens or aggravators of the food, so which we tell them to avoid. But otherwise, the home food, we tell them to advise continuously take it. So that is how our advice is to them and not to stop eating 100 items, which uh, allergologists tell them to do so. No, absolutely. And you said something very important that uh, I, I think is true in many other parts of the world. In a setting where um, most of the drugs used need to be paid out of pocket by patients themselves. I imagine that the conversations that you have with patients are quite different as compared to countries like mine where um, patients have health insurance and they don't need to worry about the costs. What can you share from your experience um, uh, with this, well, shared decision-making within a very tight economic framework in many patients, no? Yeah. So as patient has to buy from his own pocket, we try to see that what is most convenient, what is most economical, and which you can get, that is what we advise them. Now, luckily, when we have got some generic medications, medicines which are available, 
which are little economical. So patient's pocket is important. We always tell the patient how much you can spend per month for the, uh, this thing. So he might say, say 500 rupees, 1000 rupees. So we come to know. But luckily, most of our antihistamines which we have in India are reasonable within the reach of the most of the patient. Mm -hmm. Say acetrazine, levocetrazine, fexofenadine or bilastin. They are within the reach. They are not very costly. So uh, average person can buy this tablet, taking it once a day, twice a day or uh, four times a day. So that is the problem. The problem comes when the four tablets do not work and then patients say, doctor, what next? And I say, look, you need to take uh, the uh, biologics because that is what our guidelines say. And then comes the question that how much money should I spend? Will yeah. I get a cure with this? That is the most important question they ask. Will uh, cyclosporin damage my kidney? That is the most important thing they will often ask. So mm. many times the education is a problem that everybody uh, do not uh, understand that importance of taking the right medications. But yeah. slowly they do get converted. So that's the yeah. problem. At the basic level, yes. But the advanced second and third line treatment, there are some issues uh, which uh, obviously we need to find it out the solution. Yeah, and this is where the development of new treatments uh, that complement what omalizumab can do as the only biologic that's licensed so far, of course, comes in uh, as very important. Maybe also the development of predictors. How can I um, put confidence in my patient that what I'm suggesting now will actually work and where may I be? Uh, but that's not where I wanted to go. I wanted to go into what, how does that affect the use of these drugs? I mean, um, if a patient, and we do see these cases here, does not uh, experience benefit after two or three injections of omalizumab, I can imagine it must be very hard to convince that patient, even though we have data that uh, there can be late response, uh, but it must be hard for that patient to see why they're spending that money on something that as of now doesn't work. Any tips, any tricks? Yeah, so in fact, that is what we learned from you that we tell the patient a minimum six injection you must take because we know that late responder will take five to six injection to show response and early responders uh, are the best one to give. So we we do tell the patient at minimum six injection you need to have that money. And now luckily we have got biosimilar also available which is a little economical. So we don't tell the patient that you to take one or two injection, minimum six injection once a month. And that is how we go about. And then by late responder also do respond at the fifth or sixth injection. Mm -hmm. And uh, then obviously there are other options. We can add to it the cyclosporine or okay. some other drug to enhance the response. But yeah. truly updosing is not being done in India, frankly, for yeah. the economic reasons. Economic reasons, yeah. On the flip side, we have uh, patients who respond quickly and are complete response after one or two injections. Um, I imagine that that would result in stretching the interval, maybe going from four to five to six weeks until we see that it does. Is that a common practice in India? Yeah, yeah. So this is known as Indian Jugad. What we try to do is we try to increase the interval between the two injections and tell the patient as soon as you start getting high as you come. So maybe fourth week, fifth week and sixth week. And many patients can take every two months injection and control the disease. So that, this we often do because patients should pay from his pocket. And this works most of the time. After six injections, we try to increase the duration between the two injections and mm. tell the patient, as soon as you start getting hives, come to us with your injection. Excellent. Very good. Uh, Kiran, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about education, information, increasing awareness, um, knowledge. You know, uh, shared decision making is uh, a mantra uh, in the UCARE network. We all mm. live by this. And um, in my experience, well-educated patients uh, have it easier 
to bring their voice to that shared decision making to the communication that we have with them what where do you think um, the level of information um, maybe also the level of misconception is with urticaria patients in india yeah more than the information it is a misinformation that is more prevalent in indian patients because of the obviously google uh, searching and uh, many of the uh, advertisement giving you guaranteed relief in two weeks and four weeks something like that and they believe and that's the problem so the true information is still missing obviously we have some good website like even articara.net and some of our indian thing we try to send our messages on our social medias which are now the important target to reach the population and our association also has this uh, kind of social media sales where we try to send this message across uh, the social media and we tell them the right message is here and try to find the right dermatologist for your treatment so yeah it does make important and we need to do lot of things because obviously the most indian still are not aware that the urticaria can be treated with only antihistamines and sometimes biologics yeah but i also know that the internet plays a huge role and in that uh, indian patients uh, are very uh, much turning to the internet and social media to get information now good information of course is critical as you said and uh, you care with its you care for you platform and all the different activities is helping with this but it is an english format as of now how important from your point of view is it to bring this to a national maybe even regional level and to talk patient language which may not be english in the first place is that an issue yeah so uh, to begin with i feel that our uk center we should increase in india india is a huge country and we are just two uk center i am trying my best to get few more in this year 2022 that's my promise uh translating english well most of the metro people can read english but the peripheries and uh, rural population at least two three main languages we trying to convert uh, the ucar messages uh, but the more ucar centers and more ucar articulating physicians are needed and uh, obviously in india we are trying our best and i'm sure in this year we'll get two more centers so that we can spread message amongst all and give the right treatment Super. Uh, look, uh, there's some really exciting developments. Uh, Ucare has launched its patient app uh, just uh, three weeks ago in Germany, and we're going to more European countries soon. Cruise, uh, cruise control, the uh, chronic urticaria self-evaluation app to help patients uh, measure their level of control and to help them optimize treatment. Um, Now you talked about social media and 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 uh, do you feel that cruise um, has a place in the Indian setting and uh, what's your recommendation on this what should be taken on board in uh, bringing these you care tools cure is another one the registry in bringing these tools to Indian physicians and and you cares obviously yeah yeah cruise is excellent unfortunately we don't have access yet to it but well i request that we can get it in india we can send it across all the physicians and again uh, english language is okay most of the people do read and they can uh, get the things but this is a important uh, achievement by ucare and which need to go to each and every city of our india so that they know that with cruise you can control your disease find out latest what is happening and uh, that is an added advantage so we are Uh, looking forward to getting cruise in india uh, let us know how much help is needed from our side
<laughs> we'll be in touch, Kieran, as always. I'm looking at the time. It's unbelievable. We're already at the end of this episode. <laughs> time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? Uh, look, Kieran, I want to thank you for the hard work you're doing in India and beyond for Eticaria and for UCARE. Um, we truly, truly value uh, all of your energy and activities. Um, I, I don't want to let you go, but I have to, and I will do it with uh, a question that I have asked some of our Urticaria friends and colleagues previously, and that is, um, if you were to find a suitcase with a million dollars and the note said, please spend wisely on Urticaria, what, where would that money go? Uh, thinking about the Indian situation uh, in specific. Well, I will spend that money, half of it on education, awareness, reaching the target population and half in developing the newer uh, biologics or newer treatments. That's how my plan will be. So I'm waiting for the suitcase and I'm sure <laughs> to help us. <laughs> Very good. I like that plan. Kiran, it has been fun. I wish you the best of luck and success with all your many projects and activities ongoing. I hope to see you soon. The latest in Berlin, no? In the first week of December when we all meet for the Global Urticaria Forum. I'm going to let you go. Um, all the best to you. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Nice talking to you. Bye-bye. Stay safe and stay healthy. And this concludes yet another episode of All Things Urticaria. If you want me to focus on specific questions, topics, uh, regions, please do let me know. We always try to bring on board your suggestions. And with that, uh, I'm going to say goodbye for now. And um, we will hear you again with our next episode of All Things Urticaria. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Medthority would like to thank Marcus Maurer for that fascinating insight into UCARE. If you have any other questions regarding urticaria, please feel free to ask us via our website www.medthority.com. Remember to tune in for the next episode of All Things Urticaria. From all of us at All Things Urticaria from Medthority, have a lovely week.